Okay. Um, so this is our last week. Wow. Um, and we're going to talk about manifestations of the spirit uh, and tongues and prophecy. So th this is the one where if you were like waiting for the frosting at the end of the dessert, this will either be it or this will be the worst tasting asparagus you have ever, <laughs> ever had. But um, <clears throat> first, uh, so we're going to do a quick review, just kind of, I think everybody's, this is nobody's first time here, right? Okay, I don't, I don't need to review then, but <clears throat> this is where this whole thing was about um, Paul saying to the Corinthians, you're all concerned about tongues and prophecy, blah, 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 blah. This is how the spirit structure really is set up, and you should be concerned about that. Tongues and prophecy are here at the end. These three things, charisma and the spirit, ministries and Jesus, the outcomes and God, and then the thing you're concerned about, manifestations. Um, and they have a place, but their place is to support this dynamic, not to be toys that we use to outdo each other in a they didn't have charismatics back then, because they were all charismatic, but in a church service. Um, <clears throat> so um, let me uh, tell you about you first, because it's going to be really important to, to understand that. So Paul says this, now, may, the God, may God himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So. There are, there are three kinds of people in the world. Monists, dichotomists, and trichotomists. You all knew that, of course. So a monist will say, there's just one God. There, we, we're just a person. Not, not God. We're just a person. I, this is me. I'm just a person. And, and breaking me up into parts is crazy. And there's truth in that I'm just a person. And one way of looking at us is to say, yeah, there, that's you. Dichotomists say, <clears throat> when you die, your body drops, but the rest of you goes to heaven, and you don't split into three, but you don't stay one. So you're, you're a two-part person. You, you've, got a, you've got a physical part, you've got a non-physical part, and, and that's where you are. Trichotomists say, that's true, but when you think about how our machinery operates, it's way better to think in terms of three parts than two parts or one part. Because three parts will help us to distinguish what's going on inside of us in any situation. And so, he's, so he says that. And so he talks about then us being sort of like this. So, um, <clears throat> so the way I would say it is, is, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And so when we think about it, our body is our senses and our drives. So our, our drives, our senses are the, the five, well, for 15, depending on who you think about, the senses. And then our drives are like uh, feed me, sex drive, those sorts of things. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our thinker, our decider, and our feeler sit inside of our soul. Our spirit, <coughs> is conscience, intuition, knowing things I, I shouldn't know, but I know, and communion, that is intimate connection with God. So conscience is, 
I know right from wrong intuitively. Intuition, I, I'm connecting with God and I, I sense things from God. He speaks to me, he flows through me. And communion is, I can connect with God. He's a spirit, I connect with him in spirit. He's given me a spirit. That is what makes me different from animals who have uh, minds, wills, and emotions. Um, and so when we think about it, <coughs> we're working our way inward. But when we live our lives, God anticipates and tells us to live our life from the inside out. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, who dwells in our spirits, these are the sons of God. And so this idea then is uh, not new to us in theory, but is it new to us in practice? So for example, here's Paul, and he says, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, since they're jealousy, strife, fighting, blah, 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 aren't you fleshy? And we would go, yeah, those fleshy, those fleshy people, that's not us. We're not, they're really bad people. But then Paul says something crazy. He says, now we have received the Spirit so that we might know the things taught to us by the Spirit, but the natural man, so here's a new kind of person, doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because why? They are spiritually appraised, and appraised means to assign value to. They are spiritually appraised, but the one who is spiritual appraises everything, yet he himself is rightly valued by no one. So now think about the parts of the body and you get three kinds of people who are each typified by the part of their being that controls them or that they seem to rely on, they live out of. So Paul says, men of the flesh, sarkiko, sarcophagus. Um, so the, the soma is the Greek word for body, but sarkikos is the word for a body that is a person who is fleshy, who lives out of their body, out of their senses and their drives. They're, they're always about need a bigger high, a this, that, and the other thing. Uncontrolled sex, just whatever they need, food, whatever is, is their thing. And Paul said, look, I couldn't talk to you as now, remember this word from, from us? So, pneumaticos, Paul says, um, concerning pneumaticos, there's a variety of gifts, varieties of ministries. So he's saying, concerning the structure of the spirit world, or concerning the spiritual. And he says, I could not talk to you as spiritual pneumaticos men, people who live within that structure, or out of that structure, because you're fleshy. Over here he says, the natural man, the one who lives out of their mind, their will, and their emotions, is just as lost, maybe more lost, than the Sarkikos man, because they don't know they're lost. If I'm a person who lives out of my logic, out of my mind, out of my will, out of my emotions, if, if the essence of my Christianity is exegesis and hermeneutics, not connection in the spirit, then 
what the spiritual man says and how they live will seem foolish. It will seem excessive. It will seem weird. It will seem impromptu, undisciplined in some, and sometimes it is, okay? But, but the point is that <clears throat> this person here, the one who lives out of their spirit, can rightly assign value to the things that the other two kinds of men can't actually assign right value to. And all, the, you know, these two kinds of men would both look at this kind and say that's wrong. But do we look at the psychicos world and say that is the way we should live our Christianity? That to me is the biggest problem in the church. That the, the, the mind, the soul is to be the servant of the spirit, not the master of our being. The spirit is the, uh, the master, but, but in kind of like a childlike believing God connected to God way, the servant is the one who carries out the desires and wills of, of, of the spirit and God together. The, the servant figures out how to do that. And the body is the slave. Paul said, I buffet my body and make it my slave less after preaching to others, I will be disqualified. And so <clears throat> the psychicos man will think some things about the spirit man are foolish, like tongues, for example. That's why I did this whole thing, was we need to properly appraise some of these manifestations of the spirit from a spiritual that is colored by the psychicos man, not by straight psychicos, or it will all seem foolish and you'll walk away from a gift of God that is, we have walked away from. And it, it's, it's unfortunate. Okay, now that I've ruined your day, um, let's, uh, let's go on and, and talk about these things. Um, remember the tripod, power, love, and a sound mind, that, that these things of the spirit are balanced power level. You don't you don't throw your brain away when you speak in tongues. It's it's there. Okay. Remember we talked about these uh, manifestations of the spirit that that they're not strange or showy. They're simply the flow of the spirit. We're trying to debunk this thing that these manifestations happen when I'm I'm in a spiritual frenzy and no they don't. They're they're just the flow out of our spirit that can happen at Walmart. It can happen in a conversation with your wife it can, or husband. It can happen while you're just sitting there and you get a sense that God's saying something. That, that is a manifestation just means your spirit is finding ways to communicate to you. And they come and it floats up in you and Paul gives nine names to the ways that that happens. It's, it's not a big thing. It, they don't have to happen in a, in a, on stage where somebody's shaking and they be healed on, push them down. It doesn't, that never has to happen. Jesus never did it that way. In fact, he said, tell no one. He said, come over here. No show, just do. Okay, so there you go, you can write that one down. Okay, um, let's uh, talk about tongues of prophecy and I'm gonna give you a quick background. So why these two? Well, number one, they erupted spontaneously uh, when the Holy Spirit fell. 
Um, let me just there we go. Yeah, so they erupted spontaneously. <coughs> Secondly, they're by far the most common manifestations in the world, those two. They're kind of like 101. Um, <coughs> you can go on and be a specialist, but this is like just the basics. You get these two right, and everything else spins out from those two. You get those two wrong, and none of the other ones will work right. Because tongues teaches you to honor your spirit without show. And prophecy teaches your brain to allow your spirit to, to influence without arguing. Those two are, are perfect for each other. Um, they both appear to be what we'll call at-will manifestations. Now, there's, you can't just go out and do all the manifestations. You have to sense, as God asked me to do this. Like, like the, the one person at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus didn't heal all of them. He looked and he saw the Father saying that one, and he went and healed that one, right? Okay, so, <clears throat> but tongues, you can speak in tongues anytime. And in a sense, as you understand what prophecy is, you can sense, uh, if we had three more weeks here, we would break up into groups of three, and you'd all be prophesying by the, by the end of the day. I did this in Romania and, it, and in... Uh, Alabama, two foreign countries, and, um, <laughs> and uh, in a college group uh, over at Lipscomb, three foreign countries, and they all went, this is crazy. I mean, this works. You can, you can be with someone and say, God, what do you love about them? And he'll say that. He'll show you. And you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You could say, you know something I love about you? And they'll go, oh my gosh, right? That's what prophecy is. It's not showy. Um, th these clearly help you distinguish between the soul and the spirit. Both of those do. Just like fasting is God's gift to teach you the difference between the voice of your body and the voice of your soul. Because your body says, eat or I'll kill you. And your soul says, shut up, we're not eating, right? And, and you, you learn to say no to your body. And that same voice you say no about eating, you say no about everything the body wants. The exact same voice you learn in fasting teaches you authoritatively to control your body for every other thing. It's an amazing tool. That's why Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast. Um, <clears throat> they're the primer for every other manifestation. I already said this, if you get these. Um, they're very, very useful in your personal life, and we'll talk about these, but, but tongues is an extraordinarily useful place for you. So let's go right to tongues. Okay, so here is tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 is Paul admonishing the Corinthians about misuse of things. But in the middle of that admonition, he gives us a series of facts about tongues that are actually good to know, good things about tongues. And, and when you get out of, the, of your head that everything he says here is, is mean and, and, and against and what he is actually saying is he's teaching him, look, this is how you should really do it. And so he says, look, I don't speak to... Now, there's various kinds of tongues. And I, I, I know of a guy who has spoken in Greek unknowingly, uh, some Lithuanian dialect when he was in Lithuania. And I, I asked him about it last week and I said, tell me the truth. He said, he said, I had no idea. And then a bunch of people got up and came down front 
And he said, I don't know why they're caming, they came, but God, I, I sensed God wanted me just to say something in tongues, and I just began to say it. And then I stopped, and all these people that are dressed the same got up and came down front, and one of them who knew English said, you called everyone from our village to come down front to be prayed for. And he was like, okay, I should pray for you then. You know, it's like, okay, we should do that then. So um, the other thing is my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So if I'm speaking in tongues, <clears throat> my spirit is praying, but my mind doesn't know what's going on. So he says, in my spirit, I speak mysteries. So you are, you are saying something. You are praying something. Your mind just doesn't get to play, but your spirit does. It seems foolish. I, I can tell you, when I first heard about it, I was like, I mean, I'm like an Ivy League engineer guy. I went, there is no way that makes any sense at all. God said, that's your problem. <laughs> that's your problem, brain guy. You need to. I'm giving thanks well. So you could, something happens in your life and you just, you just, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you. I am so tired of saying that. And God says, well, stop using your brain and just let your spirit thank me. And you go, I can do that? And he goes, yes. And guess what happens? You'll feel yourself being built up on the inside. Okay, let me try it. You try it and you go, that was cool. Whoa. Um, I built, oh, I already said that. I build myself up on the inside. If there's no expectation of interpretation, then I can pray in tongues quietly under my breath. So you don't have to be in a church and you sense, you know, you have to say, what culture am I in and what is appropriate? In our culture here, it would probably be inappropriate to speak out loud in tongues unless Gabriel stood in front of you with a flaming sword and said, speak out in tongues. Otherwise, it would be distracting. And the purpose of all of these things is to build up, not to distract, not to tear down. But in there's other cultures where you, you, where you can, it's expected, and there will be an interpretation. Okay? Um, this is Paul's bottom line. I wish you all spoke in tongues. Don't forbid it. Now, do we teach that here? Do we teach that other places? Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. Don't forbid it. Now, this church is amazing because I have never heard anybody say don't speak in tongues um, or tongues is bad or tongues, they've never said, there's, there's this openness that says we're open to what God wants to do. All things should be done decently and in order, which is Paul's bottom line for all of this. And so it takes just maturity to say, okay, I know that there are a number of people in this church who speak in tongues and it's never a big deal, it's never showy, and it's never bragged about, it's just part of life. It's like, and I work out at a health club. Okay, cool, you know, it's, you don't need to brag about that. Um, tongues in science, okay, now this is the interesting part because there have been brain scans of people speaking in tongues. There have been studies on it, there have been, you, you get geeky. Um, so tongues is a human capability that can be learned apart from any religion. There's a professor who described tongues and said to his class of students, try speaking in tongues. 20% did it without ever hearing it, they just did it. When he coached them, 70% spoke in tongues that began to flow fluently. They weren't Christian tongues, there wasn't their spirit, they weren't even Christians. 
It is a human capability that's found in a number of cultures and a number of non-religious contexts. So that should change a whole lot about what you think about it. There is a human capability to make noise that bypasses your prefrontal cortex. Spec scans prove Paul's description um, that the mind is unfruitful. Let me, how do I do that? Well, let me see if I can do it from here. Dang it, I don't know how to do it. Try it here, oh, there we go. What does speaking in tongues look like or sound like? Well, people who speak in tongues sound like they are speaking some kind of language. But when researchers have actually done a linguistic analysis, it shows that it doesn't have any kind of resemblance to a typical language. The practitioners feel as if the Spirit of God is taking over them. Okay, this is a professor. Interestingly, talking. there are those, From Penn those State. individuals who actually say that this is the work of the devil. And that it isn't the Spirit of God, but it is the devil that's causing this to happen. And of course, those in a more scientific mind actually think that it's a psychological abnormality. It may actually be some kind of psychotic episode or some problem with the brain. But here's what I can tell you from our own study of people speaking in tongues. In our speaking in tongues study, it was fascinating because it was actually one of my favorite studies. Greeted our first subject as she came in through the, uh, our laboratory doors and I talked to her. She was a very sweet, very intelligent sounding middle-aged woman. And she described to me the importance of speaking in tongue in her life. She told me how important it was, how spiritual it was for her, and how it really had, in many ways, transformed who she was. Now came the moment of truth. We told her that she could begin to speak in tongues whenever she wanted to. And she started off listening to the same gospel music. She started to sing again. She started to sing in English. But after a few minutes, she slipped into something that I had never heard before. It was just for a few seconds, but it sounded like some kind of weird language. And then it went back to English. Then the strange sound occurred again and lasted a little bit longer. And then after a few minutes, the only sound coming out of her mouth was the speaking in tongues. What did the scan show? Well, there were some very interesting differences. One of the most important differences, the most important changes that we saw was in the frontal lobes. Remember that the frontal lobes, right behind your forehead, are what make us feel like we're in control of our actions. It actually, when we're talking, when I'm talking to you right now, my frontal lobes are turning on to generate the words, to generate the thoughts, and to tell you exactly what I'm thinking. And if I move, it's my frontal lobes that make me move. But what happened when the person was speaking in tongues? Instead of increasing in activity, the frontal lobes actually decreased in activity. Does this make sense? What does speaking in tongues look like or sound like? Well, what does speaking in tongues what does speaking in tongues Stop. look like or sound like? Well, people who speak in tongues 
sound like they are speaking some kind of language. I don't know how to stop you. Researchers have actually done it. Linguistic analysis. Well, we'll see what happens here. Shows that it doesn't have any kind of resemblance to a typical language. The practitioners, what does speaking in tongues <sighs> look like? What does speaking in tongues look like? What does speaking in tongues look like? Or okay, well, like? well, clergy, speak in tongues we're good. Okay, let's like get out of it. Let's get. Boy. Um, so, so here is an interesting, uh, another interesting one where this uh, woman, um, well, I'll just let you see it. She has no idea what she's saying, but she's trying to sound like different languages. Million views on YouTube. <laughs> See, now this one is interesting. So anyway, <laughs> so so what do we know? Um, let me go back up and see if if that will stop. Okay, good. <coughs> um, so. All of these things are from science. Jazz musicians jamming have the same brain scan as someone speaking in tongues. In other words, what are you doing, man? I, I'm just playing. What are you playing? I don't know, man. I'm just playing. You know, it's like you're just going. Why? Because you're pre, you don't have to think about it. You're just feeling it. You're, you're, you're way into your right brain, and, and it's just flowing. And tongues is like that. It just flows. And God says, I'm going to use this human capability to get your brain out of the way because your brain is such a logjam for the flow of the Spirit. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of life. By this he spoke of the Spirit whom they were to receive. Okay? And your brain gets in the way often of the flow of the Spirit because you are trying to translate, judge, and not offend, you know, it just, you just put up a whole lot of roadblocks. And, <clears throat> and God says, tongues is a way for you, for you to, to destroy those roadblocks, get them out of the way. And as long as, you're, as long as you take Paul's admonitions, don't be showy, don't speak publicly if there's no interpreter, but, but I was out walking the woods yesterday and just began to worship God in tongues, and it was crazy fun. 
It was crazy good. I came back just overjoyed, just happy, connected with God. And I said, why don't I do this every day? And it's like God said, it's okay with me. You know, it's like, okay, you should do that. Um, people who speak in tongues, 991 clergy, who are the most disreputable bunch, you know, around. Um, tongue speakers, more stable, extrovert, less neurotic. And the, these, this was scientific studies of tests and interviews. And they said, the tongues, you know, whether they were that way and they began speaking in tongues or tongues helped them be that, we don't know. But we do know there's a correlation there. So you go, okay, it's more useful than I thought. It will offend the mind, but it will reveal the soul. And that's what I love, one of the things I love about tongues. Okay, not back to, no, no, not back to you again, thank you. Okay, tongues is a subset of the human ability to, uh, to speak. Uh, it's a, a spirit, good or bad, can use this ability, okay? A, a human spirit, just straight human spirit, can fake tongues. Demonic can use tongues, and I have heard that happen before. And the Holy Spirit can use tongues. And our job is to say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to flow out of me because I want to be built up on the inside. I want those benefits. And I'm not going to judge with my brain whether it makes sense or not. I'm going to let what you have already said about it dictate my direction, right? And then we live up to that standard. Um, <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit often uses tongues to help us understand an unimpeded flow of the river that flows out of us that Jesus talked about. Tongues is a way to experience that river without you having to figure it out. And once you get the feeling of the flow, then prophecy says, okay, brain, I'm going to let you in now because you have learned you're not the boss, but you're a really, really, really good servant. So I'm going to let you in. And the flow will come into my mind, and my mind will try to give words to the flow to, give, to help encourage someone, right? That's all it is. It's not, it's not mysterious. It's just God saying, I want my Holy Spirit in your spirit to flow in words that will lift people up, okay? Um, <clears throat> while the words may or may not have meaning, the flow does have meaning. And Paul says various kinds of tongues. And in the history of tongues, if you grow, read it, in fact, all of the early writings on tongues and nearly every ancient uh, Christian wrote about tongues, but the, dis the discussion blew off Paul and it was about was the miracle of tongues at Pentecost in the speaking or the hearing and you probably run into those was it the speaking or the hearing speaking or the hearing and Phineas said they all came down on different sides of that uh, argument they had great arguments and you just go who cares get on with it you know it's that that sort of a thing um, and there was very very little discussion about Paul in 1st Corinthians 14 until 10th century, 12th century. It just was sort of overlooked for some weird reason, and I don't know why. Um, but there are various kinds of tongues, and some are understood by the person, and they will speak, and then they will say, this is what I felt I was saying. Some are understood by, or, or the interpretation of tongues is another manifestation of spirit, and they have a sense of what's being said. 
It's not word for word. It's just, I felt like this is what was said. Okay? And so that there's a partnership that goes on there. Um, missionaries, there, there are five or six stories of missionaries who went to places they didn't know the language of and spoke it fluently and could speak it fluently the rest of their life. And it was God's gift. And you just go, alrighty then. Um, so lots of benefits of tongues as long as we're not judging. Um, it can help you to learn to discern between your spirit and your soul. Because when you speak in a tongue, your mind is, Paul says, unfruitful. It means your mind is not in charge. Your mind isn't producing. It is, it is watching the flow go by. And so it helps you to discern mental versus spiritual motivations inside of yourself. Okay, and I, I found it over 30, 40, 50 years I've been speaking in tongues that that, that, that that discernment is just really helpful for me. I'm about to say something to my wife, and it's like, yeah, that was, a, that, yeah. Because <laughs> somewhere inside, tongues taught me a check, a check in my spirit to, to just, doesn't always happen, you can ask her, but it does happen sometimes. Um, so you can learn the difference between your spirit and your soul. Um, there's a lot of soulish discussion that goes on in churches and outside of churches. And tongues will help you discern. It, it'll turn up your discerner so that you can go, hmm. It, it gives you an ability not to judge, but to adjudge, to, to get a sense of what's being said and is that God or not. And you don't say it's not God. You just, you take it in caution. You just say, God, help me to understand. And that flow has given you a sensitivity to the spirit and your spirit on the inside. It just, you, you kind of get it. You go, okay, okay, I got it now. Um, it's the least of the manifestations, but it's the most common. Okay, if you wanted to experiment, we're not going to do it in here. Um, otherwise, I'll have to go to a different church. I'm not sure. But, but I, I, I'm just saying it's not mysterious. It's not crazy. You don't have to get all hyped up with, with Christian rock music. It, it is just in, in the quietness of your own little life. Um, in my experience, you can choose to pray in tongues. Uh, you can make a place for this bottled up expression of love of God inside of you. You can choose it. Secondly, um, Paul says to be zealous for all manifestations, especially that you prophesy, because prophecy is uh, the lifeblood of the church. Remember when we talked about Ephesians 4, what causes the growth of the church? Speaking the truth in love one to another causes the growth of the church. A an exact way of doing that is New Testament prophecy. Speaking the truth in love causes the church to grow through ligament relationships. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so be zealous for all the manifestations, but Paul says prophecy you should be most zealous for. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and to be being filled. We talked about that last week or the week before, but there, there's nothing mysterious about it. We, we kind of make things mysterious so we look cool, I guess, I don't know, but you just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Remember Ephesians said, be being filled with, be in the state of being filled. Why do you need to be filled again and again? Because we leak, okay? And so we just, we're just being filled with the Spirit. It doesn't have to be you struck with lightning and you wake up 
speaking in tongues. It, it happened a lot in the early church, and it happened a lot when the gospel is being preached in new countries, but it doesn't have to happen a lot in a Baptist church. Or it, it's just, it, we're children of God, and this is a gift of God. Okay, then this is what I'd say. Close your eyes, begin to picture God, and to praise him for who he is and what he's done. Let, let the immensity of God begin to impress you and fill you. And try, try if you want, to thank him in English for all that he is and all that he does. Just see, see how good your vocabulary is. I will guarantee, I have a really big vocabulary and I ran out of words in 30 seconds. I mean, just, you're so good, you're so good, you're so, you're awesome, you're, you're awkward. No, 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 you're not awkward, you're, you know, you just, you just, and finally you go, dang it all, I, I, I just, I need to stop thinking and just praise him. And God says, bingo, you're ready for tongues now. And all of a sudden, unimpeded, amazing back and forth happens. That's what tongues is. Um, <clears throat> too slow and awkward. Switch to out of mind mode, but don't stop talking, just stop thinking, okay? Just begin, and, and immediately what will happen is, is your brain will go, stop, that's baby talk, that's gibberish. Satan will go, you need to stop. You need, stop right now, you, need, you know? And, and, and you just go, shut up. Paul said I can do this. God said I can do this. And I'm feeling this wonderful upwelling inside of me. God told me last night, he said, tell the class the first time I ever spoke in tongues. It was like something came up in my chest. And, and he said, and then I said, no, no, I, no, I can't do it. I can't. And it started to go back down. And God said, huh? And he said, oh, and he said, I just raised my hands and it just out it came. And he said, it's been changed his life ever since. <clears throat> and it made him, he began to play in tongues amazing guitarist <clears throat> and now he's got one of the leading guitar playing instruction books on earth that came out of that so it's like you don't have to learn tongues to use this book but um and then uh use it in private prayer and just see where god takes you use it to just uh, enhance and change your private prayer life prayer should not be talking to god it should be connecting with God. If you sit down with your mate or loved one, you don't just go and, uh, you know, you can do lists for the grocery store, but that is not how you connect. You connect with touch and with eyes and with, you know something I love about you? Thank you so much. See, and, and you can do that with God, but tongues gives you an ability to do it in incredible ways that go way beyond your vocabulary. Um, it is foolish to the one who is soul-based and thinks it's foolish. It'll, it'll seem foolish to them. And the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. That's all I can say. Um, <clears throat> maintain humility, balance this perspective. It's just a way to connect with God. You're not better because you do it. You're not crazy because you do it. It is one way the human machinery can bypass the limitations of our prefrontal cortex to connect with God out of our spirit. It is a tool given by God to help us as humans connect with him. That's all it is. It, it's, not, it's not a crazy Pentecostal thing. Okay, um, let's go on with prophecy because I need to move quickly here. So here it is. <clears throat> Especially that you might prophesy the one who speaks blah, blah, blah. The one who speaks 
prophesy speaks to men for three things, edification, exhortation, consolation. One who speaks in tongues edifies himself, the one who prophesies edifies the church. So prophecy overview, just like we did. It's for everyone. <coughs> um, God wants you to strongly desire to speak prophetically. That doesn't mean a robe, a beard, and King James English. Get rid of, get rid of all those things. You don't need any of those things. Okay. Prophecy is encouraging people and brings them joy. And it's better than you saying, you're a good kid. Hey, I like your genes. Prophecy goes just deep into the heart of people. You, you speak things that you sense God is saying, and they are built up. They're like, whoa, okay, that was amazing. Um, it's supernatural, but it doesn't, supernatural is not a synonym of unnatural, spectacular, religious, stilted, or showy. Those things are, are that's not supernatural. That's unnatural, <laughs> okay? Supernatural, you know, Jesus healed someone and said, tell no one. It was the supernatural flow without the show. And um, that's why I love this culture because show is just not, I'm not saying it's not tolerated. It's just not done. We just don't do it. It's just not our culture to show off. I, and I love that. I, I came out of Charismatic where it was show offy. And I sat for two years here and never said a word and just was like, oh, I'm getting a reprogramming. <laughs> this is great. Um, People say, why are you going to Church of Christ? I said, you should try it. Um, <laughs> it's part of a daily lifestyle of being led by the Spirit. You want to speak the words of God to people, not in a big preachery way, but you want to say what God wants you to say to people. That's called being led by the Spirit. And this is merely the definition of that or a word for that. It's unfortunate that we use prophecy instead of truth speaking or you know some other word because prophecy has all of these old testament fiery old people calling down lightning kind of deals um, <clears throat> it's okay not to be perfect if you if you read up on prophecy it says we all know in part we all prophesy in part we're going to talk about uh, looking at it we never say god told me because we all prophesy in part and especially when we start we're going to say things a little wrong, and we're going to keep going when God stops. And mature people around, we'll go, oh, no, no, go back to that. Okay, let's put a period on that, and then we'll just erase the rest. Because we all know that was you saying, and furthermore, right? And, and God's like, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You, falling on a bike is an event that all the parents run and help you get up and say, good job, keep going. That's what messing up in prophecy is. It's just falling on a bike. But you're learning to ride the bike. That's the point. Okay? <clears throat> um, it, it's not telling the future. It's telling the present. It's giving God's perspective on something that's happening in the present. It's three things. Uh, edification, okay, domo, building up the family, house, exhortation, parakoleo, running alongside and calling encouragement, consolation, para muthio, sitting beside and speaking sweetness. Okay, it's those three things. Um, <clears throat> it can have special meaning. Uh, you, you see someone, you think of someone, you get a nudge, you perceive, and you share. And you don't have to explain. 
you stop when God stops. Or you could say, uh, that was the word I had. Let me tell you what I thought about it. Then, then that's fine. Then the person can distinguish, but don't, don't go on. Okay. <clears throat> um, and again, if you send me an email, I will send you a PDF of this PowerPoint and any of the PowerPoints. Okay. So, and, and I'm in the directory. Or it's just andy at andyreese.org. So it's very easy to remember. Um, here's giving a prophecy. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only that is good for what? Edification, building up. According to the need of the moment, most prophecy is, bam, it just happens right there. You weren't thinking about it for seven days. Because when you think of it for seven days, it becomes your own brain, right? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we prophesy in a way that is not these things. Receiving a prophecy, don't quench the Spirit, do not despise prophetic utterance, examine every, everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, and that which is bad, you criticize and you gossip. No, no, it doesn't say anything about the, the part that doesn't land. You, just, you set that aside because you're holding, it's like picking through fruit and you, you eat the, the wonderful fruit and if someone's got some rot on it, you just put it in compost, okay? You, you, don't, you don't go, oh, this was, uh, unless it's in the grocery store, then you might complain. Why do you think there'd be a verse like this needed right there? What are some thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we would have a tendency to be critical in many cultures about this. And God says, when you create a culture that's critical, unaccepting of me speaking through people to you, you're gonna quench the spirit among you. Have a nice day. Look at our own history. Look at our own relationships. Look at our small groups. We don't have to have a thus saith the Lord culture. Remember balance, power, love, and a sound mind. But we also don't have to quench the spirit culture. There's a culture where we as brothers and sisters can speak in ways that are loving and non-directive the things that God is saying. And our conversations will take off. Okay. <clears throat> Here's an exercise with friends that I've done eight or nine times, and if you ever want to do it in a small group or something, I'll come over and do it with your small group if you like. In three people, put somebody, it's called the hot seat exercise. Uh, Franklin Christian Academy calls it the cry thing, because I've done it with them a couple times, and they're like, crazy stuff, crazy good stuff happened. Say, ready, go. And you say, God, what's one thing you like about the person in the hot seat? Ready, go. Eight seconds later, ready, stop. Okay, share it with them. And then when everybody shared, the person gives feedback. When I was in Romania and there's a whole bunch of, there's probably 200, mostly young people, and we did this, and, uh, <coughs> and I was, oh man, I'm going over. I have to tell this story though, so fun. Oh, I think I told the story about sweet, Sweetie Bear. Did I tell the Sweetie Bear story? So this, my translator was talking, and I said, now here's how prophecy works, and I said, Sweetie bear, blah, blah, blah. And she burst into tears. I said, what did I do? And she goes, that was my grandfather's nickname for me. I have never called anybody sweetie bear in my life. Didn't know what I was doing. Who was the most surprised? Me. But everybody in the audience got electrified. And at the end, a bunch of them came up and said, can we take this to the streets? And I said, preferably. And they set up 
booths at like fairs next to the fortune teller and it was the good fortune teller and it, it was I mean crazy crazy good stuff happened in daily life it's just kind of like this <clears throat> stay alert for a sense of something having sauce on it we call it oh that has sauce on it right and you just hot sauce uh, and ask God just a simple what Lord is there anything you want me to say a lot of times we'll see something and there's no you're not supposed to say anything you're supposed to just pray God shows you something so you can intercede. Saying something is like the last thing. Everything else is God, you know. Sometimes it's just so that you can befriend that person later, so you can take action, right? Because somebody's suffering and nobody knows it. Now you know it. And you knowing it is an invitation for you to have coffee with them and see if it comes up. And it almost always does. What do you see, sense, or feel? <clears throat> Share. Make it encouraging about something you noticed about them. Okay, well, that's the end of uh, the gifted class, and, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, those of you who went the 14 weeks. Um, they all are recorded, except one or two I messed up and never turned the recorder on, which I think I did turn it on today. Um, and if you have any questions about uh, what was covered, um, Feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, they didn't Vimeo it, so that's no good. Oh, I guess that's last year's. Get rid, forget that, and just feel free to connect with me there. <laughs> All right, so sorry. Thank you, and mwah. <laughs>